This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Welcome to the Bartender Journey Podcast number 142. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Yeah, happy holidays if you're listening to this as I record it. The uh, the holidays are upon us and uh, kind of uh, overwhelmed things a little bit. <laughs> this is going to be short podcast this week because I just don't have a lot of time. But uh, I know I promised you a uh, my talk with Tim Hurley. He's the U.S. brand ambassador for Telemore Dew. We're going to talk about Irish whiskey. I'll play a little bit of that for you, but I'll give the bulk of the bulk of it to you uh, next time or, or the time after. So uh, stand by for that. I need to tell you about the Cider Shake Cocktail Competition uh, sponsored by Tiatin Ciders. And uh, I have entered this contest, and I could use your help um, voting. I need, And I'll tell you about how to vote in a minute and how to enter. So, uh, But if you go to CiderShake.com, you can enter. You have to enter by December 31st, 2015. Sorry, it's short notice. I only found out about it myself very recently and uh so what to enter you need to make a video of your cocktail and uh you need to take pictures submit that along with the recipe on cidershake.com so get on over there and do that but do me a favor vote for mine the way you win is you get the most thumbs up on youtube uh of your video so uh once you submit it to cidershake.com they will upload it to their youtube page uh youtube dot com slash cider shake and uh then um you need to get the most votes for to uh to win that's how you win and the top prize is two thousand dollars and second prize is one thousand dollars and then there are i believe there are twenty one hundred dollar prizes so uh a lot of prizes that's good good odds there so but uh please do me a favor and you can go over to bartenderjourney.net my website i will place the video uh prominently there uh, along with the show notes for this show and and um, you have to click uh, where it's on the video. You know, on the lower right, it's going to say YouTube. So if you click there, it'll bring you through to that video on YouTube. And you can give it a thumbs up. I'd really appreciate it. I want to win, or I want you to win. But uh, whether you whether you enter or not, uh, go over there and give me a thumbs up. Hey, if you enter, let me know. I'll give you a thumbs up, too. There we go. We'll all help each other. So, uh, But whether or not you enter that contest, please go over to bartenderjourney.net. You'll see the video of my cocktail, and you will be able to give it a click through to YouTube. Click on the little YouTube uh, icon on the bottom right in the video, and click through there and give me the thumbs up. Well, we always do a cocktail of the week on Bartender Journey here, and uh, hey, I'll give you the recipe that I submitted to cider to uh, the cider shake contest. I called it the Mighty Manzana. Manzana is Spanish for apple, and I used one ounce of tequila, silver tequila. I made a uh, syrup with uh, rosemary, maple, and uh, a little salt. So what I did was I, I uh, toasted up fresh rosemary in a pan, dry. Added a little salt to that. Added a uh, half cup of uh, maple syrup, quarter cup of water, and just a um, half a capful of balsamic vinegar. Mixed that up and uh, until it all dissolved, and uh, that made a really good syrup. So half an ounce of my rosemary maple syrup, quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, and top with the Tiatin apple cider. And uh, that actually I didn't top it. I, I poured that right into the shaker and then strained that into a highball glass with fresh ice. So. Uh, that's my entry. Hope you like it. Hope you go over to uh, bartenderjourney.net. So you'll see, you can watch my video, and uh, but click through to YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. I'm counting on you. Yes, you.
All right, like I said, I promised to talk about Irish whiskey with Tim Hurley, and uh, we'll listen to a little bit of that, and I will give you the uh, bulk or the uh, balance of the interview uh, in a later episode. But here we go. Here's here's a little bit of my talk with Tim. We met at the Swift Tiberian Lounge in Manhattan. Well, Tim, cheers. Thanks for meeting me today. I know. Delighted, Tim. (laughs) One of my favorite haunts here in New York. Swift. place. Swift Tiberian Lounge, yeah? Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's... perfect place it's one of my favorite watering holes in new york partly because i live quite nearby so it's like the extension (laughs) of my living room but it also happens to be a really good pub as well so delighted we could both be here today with a whiskey in hand very good a telemardu good stuff sancha that's a thing with pubs isn't it the extension of your living room right (laughs) (laughs) but that's always the goal like it should feel like the extension of your living room irish pubs or bartenders they're you know we come to it for lots of various reasons, but hospitality's got to be right at the top of the list in terms of reasons why we come here. And it's it's not a pretentious place. Yeah. You know, you could come in here, obviously not today, but in your shorts and your flip flops if you wanted to, <laughs> and nobody's going to kick you out on that regard. But it's just the after work. Or the day, either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, and that's the joy of places like here. And yeah. the guys just happen to be really good at what they do. So whether it's uh, the perfect pint of Guinness. Great Irish whiskey selection, but the ambiance of it as well, the atmosphere is really what they're, they're great at. Yeah, yeah. It looks, the place I was saying before we started recording, it looks like it's been here 100 years or more. <laughs> <laughs> All old wood and uh, wood floors, the long the long benches, That's uh, you don't see that in every bar. You know? yeah. that, that's an Irish pub kind of yeah, tradition, right? Yeah, big time. Like uh, My favorite thing about this pub in terms of the aesthetics of it is, and it took me two years to notice, is when we walk in, you see the mural uh, on the wall to the right of the bar. And I've stared at that for two years, thought nothing of it. Then one day, I'd love to say I realized, but somebody pointed it out to me that if you look at it upside down, it's an upside down church. <laughs> and you look at the top shelf behind the bar, it's an upside down church pew. I'm beginning to wonder what else I've missed about <laughs> this place and many others. But And what else is upside down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe well, it's right side up, or well, people have told me the only reason I noticed it was because I might have been uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> lying in a certain way. But uh, yeah, this kind of detail—it's—it's it's brilliant to watch what it's makes great. places like here. Uh, so we're here on uh, East East Fourth Street, uh, just off the Bowery. Great spot. Great spot. Yeah, twenty-one years old in about ten days. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Not quite the 200 that the feel has of it the place. Sure but it feels like it. I know that this place will become a 200-year-old pub in no time. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So we're here to talk about, talk about Irish whiskey, which I uh, never had the opportunity to uh, talk about before on my show. 137 episodes in or something. We never talked yeah, about Yeah, well, whiskey. you know, you want to build to it. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here, delighted I could be the guy to, to chat with you about all things Irish whiskey. It's a yeah. pretty exciting time. Yeah. Not just just for Tullamore Jew, but for, for all Irish whiskey in terms yeah. of new distilleries and building and building. And we're kind of, you know, we're, we're back in the beginnings and the infancy of where we belong. Like there's more and more growth with Irish whiskey, yeah. more and more expressions coming out. So we've a lot more releases to look forward to. And it's it's just on fire right now. And yeah, yeah, we're right at the beginning of it too. So. Right. Well, let's start, I guess, start at the beginning. I guess initially, <laughs> uh, before all these taxations and things came in, it was kind of family, local product, right? Yeah, and you know, what I always like to remind people of is like, we're the birthplace of whiskey. And Ireland, we invented uh, distilling and 
whiskey. Oh, mm. I'm sorry, we didn't invent distilling. We invented whiskey. <laughs> and uh, we did it 500 years before the Scots did. And me and my Scottish cousins will always go... Uh, the Irish needed a 500-year head start to be as good as the Scots. You know, I always say, well, with 500 years more practice, we're going to be that bit better. But uh, distilling in Ireland has been, as you say, a very community, rural thing. At one point, there was 2,000 distilleries in Ireland. Yeah. Now, we're talking very, very small, right. small still, small operations. But uh, even you know, later in time, like when we were at the peak of our powers, early 1900s, it's estimated Irish whiskey was 60% of world whiskey sales. Wow. We were, when was that? Uh, early 1900s. Wow. Mm. So um, 60% is a good chunk. <laughs> uh, we were the number one whiskey category on the planet, Farad selling Scotch or American whiskeys. And um, really, we went from uh, 60% of world whiskey sales down to just 1%. We went from 58 distilleries down to just two in roughly the space of 65 years. So that's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty dramatic uh, yeah. turn of events. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's lots of things. And it, kinda, it was building up long before that. But the four major reasons, uh, I'll, I'll start with the, the two core ones, was one prohibition in the U.S. And yeah. um, the U.S. was our number one country our number one market for Irish whiskey sales when prohibition came along and closed its doors to Irish whiskey <laughs> you know we were an exporting country yeah. and um, there, at the time there was probably three million people on the island of Ireland yeah. we're, we're enthusiastic drinkers but, we, <laughs> but we're not that enthusiastic it's only so much you can consume so you had many distilleries close their doors directly because of that and in 1921 we had independence from Great Britain uh, Great Britain would have been our second biggest market uh, for Irish whiskey. Okay. So, uh, 1921, <laughs> 1922, not wow. a good, not a good time yeah. uh, between uh, independence from Great Britain and prohibition. What happened was with independence from Great Britain, the Brits were like, "Listen, you can have your republic, but we're placing a trade embargo on not just Irish whiskey, but all, yeah. all, pro- all Irish products." Yeah, yeah. So they, they were the two mega blows um, that really led to the decline and near extinction of Irish whiskey. Mm. Before that, you had um, a number of circumstances, but two I always like to point out was in 1838, um, you had Father Matthew. And Father Matthew was kind of the rock star of the temperance movement in Ireland. Uh. And if the, that doesn't quite <laughs> sound right as a phrase, but um, he went around Ireland and... You have to understand back then the Catholic Church had so much say, power in Irish communities. Yeah, Yeah, influence, exactly. That when they said alcohol is bad, give it up, people did that. Mm -hmm. And um, he did his roadshow of Ireland, uh, the UK as well. Uh, Well, Ireland was part of the UK back then. Mm. Uh, And was also invited to America by President Zachary Taylor Mm. uh, to kind of speak about the idea of... um, temperance and what had happened in Ireland and his uh, 1838 this was before the famine he had uh, roughly 7 million people in Ireland and it's estimated that he had 2 million people sign the pledge of total absence so uh, <laughs> now whether those numbers can live up but like he, he had an immediate and direct impact on distilling in Ireland and consumption in Ireland oh. and there's an argument there that he helped sow the early seeds of prohibition in the US yeah. there's a That's statue of him um, but it never became law in Ireland no it never became uh, but more kind of a, a movement rather yeah. than law right. uh, 
then the the one in terms of production that we really let ourselves down on. You know, I feel like uh, talking about the U- blaming the U.S., blaming <laughs> blaming the church, blaming the English for uh, the collapse of Irish whiskey. But you know, there was a lot of internal factors as well, and yeah. one of them was uh, the invention of the coffee still mm-hmm. uh, or uh, column distillation. We refu- we never some distilleries embraced that. Uh, but the big, big, particularly Dublin distilleries, didn't embrace it whatsoever. And uh, Anina's Coffee, he was a gauger, a tax man in Ireland. So mm-hmm. a lot a lot of uh, the distillers in Ireland were, you know, there was bad blood there because yeah. uh, he was... <laughs> He's the guy who come take your money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then all of a sudden he reappears a different day with, oh, I got this <laughs> yeah. invention that will make you money. You're like, yeah, a little bit suspicious, but... <laughs> Uh, he really brought con- continuous distillation to Ireland, and a lot of the rural or smaller distilleries uh, embraced it and adopted it. And it's kind of that myth out there that Ireland completely refused column distillation, but that, that's, that, that wouldn't be fair to say. Okay. But the big distilleries, um, the Jemison, uh, uh, John Jemison and his brother William Jemison, uh, Powers and George Rowe, there's a great book called... Um, the truths of uh, the truths about whiskey. Yes, okay. I need to rethink the tr- truths about Irish whiskey. And interest, they produced this book, and it was to lobby the British Parliament to essentially ban uh, grain whiskey. Hmm. They called it Silent Spirit, and it's really interesting because it was written by the four big Dublin distilleries, but in a way, it was a propaganda piece to lobby the British government uh, to out- outlaw it. But really, it kind of captures that moment in time where the big distilleries weren't embracing new methods mm. or new technology. So, long story short, <laughs> your four, four reasons are prohibition in the US, independence from uh, Great Britain, uh, the temperance movement in Ireland led by Father Matthew, and refusal to adopt new distilling methods right. that really led to the collapse near extinction. I'm kind of saying this all with a smile because things have. This <laughs> things is a have sad story, also, but yeah. things have pr- improved dramatically. Yeah. Like uh, we're still not at the glory days of 60% of world whiskey sales. Yeah. We're not yeah. quite at 58 distilleries today. As hot as Irish whiskey is right now, it's still only six or seven percent of world whiskey sales. Uh-huh. Um, but the cool thing is, you're having this massive revival, new distilleries uh, opening. The, the new Tullamore distillery, yeah. which is a little over a year old. And yeah, wow. um, there's applications out there that there will be as many as uh, 30 distilleries in Ireland. And um, we'll have to wait and see how many uh, go from planning into uh, production. But yeah. new distilleries, uh, new, new liquids coming available, old brands being revived, yeah. and here a lot more whiskey to be enjoyed well tim and i talked for quite a while and there's lots more for you to hear i can't wait for you to hear it uh but i gotta go it's christmas time i got things to do and uh so we're gonna leave it there for now you will hear the rest of that talk my chat with tim uh, on a future episode as i said so uh we didn't do a book of the week this week that's all right um but i have stuff lots of stuff recorded coming up in episodes uh, i already have stuff in the can for uh i have the the author of a book called Paris Cocktails. I have the editor of the New York Times Cocktail Book, which is an awesome book. 
Um, both of those books are really cool. And uh, lots of stuff. We're going to talk about American-made single malt whiskeys. And we're going to talk about agave spirits made in America. All kinds of interesting uh, things coming up. I've got interviews with bartenders, of course. So uh, looking forward to seeing you next time. And uh, hey, make sure you get over to bartenderjourney.net and uh, go to that video that I made for the Cider Shake contest. Click on the little YouTube icon on right in the window of the video and uh, then give it the thumbs up. Give me the thumbs up. If you enter that contest, I hope you do. Let me know and I'll give you a thumbs up. And uh, you can get in contact with, with me at, bar, at uh, brian at bartenderjourney.net. That's email, brian at bartenderjourney.net. I'm on Twitter at barkeeptips. And uh, Facebook, you can search Facebook for uh, Bartender Journey. You can also find Instagram, uh, Bartender Journey on Instagram. All right, I'll leave you with a holiday toast. May you never be without a drop on Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever it is you celebrate. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Bartender Journey.